You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the unremovable Caleb Coy. <laughs> I'm here to stay. Hi. That's right. Can't get rid of you. I've tr- Believe me, I've tried. It can't be done. Our guest today, he's been in so many bands, it would be quicker to list the ones he hasn't been in. Uh, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, there's almost certainly something in your record collection he's played on. Uh, and he's here with a brand new self-titled album. It is Mikey Erg. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, we just heard Can't Be Too Careless off of your new record, which is the opening track. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, uh, you know... Uh, with this record, a lot of the, um, a lot of the songs just came from, uh, you know, every every once in a while I'll just be walking around somewhere or with someone, and I'll hear something and I'll write something down in my phone to use later as a song title, uh, and that was that was one of the ones that was on a list of song titles. Uh, our our bass player Fid his his he he said that one day at practice. Like I, I, I did something. He was like, "Well, can't be too careless." And I was like, "Well, I'm writing that down. And I'll, <laughs> I, will, I will be writing that song at some point." And uh, so, yeah, you know, it was just a, a chorus that I had, and then wrote a song around it. <laughs> That's uh, extremely bass player vibes. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He he's got a he's got a line for everything. It's it's uh, it's awesome. Now, uh, when you say bass player, is that for your solo stuff, or yeah, is that, that for was, one of the nine hundred bands you're in? Or well, yeah, Leah, and actually, in 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 my solo stuff, there's eight hundred different people that play. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> this happens to be the bass player that was on the last tour I I did and did the record with me. Um, my friend Fid, who I'm also in a a band called Hat Rabbits with. <laughs> and we were in the Measure SA together back in the day. We've been buds for like 20 years or something. He's a, he's a good dude. These band names are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, Hat Rabbits is Hat, my new favorite Hat band Rabbits. name of all time. <laughs> it's a pretty great band name. And of course, the Measure SA was uh, with uh, Lauren, yeah. who's a, a front person for Warriors now, which you also play drums that, in. That is, that is factual, yes. Um, which yeah. uh, I, believe, I believe actually as of... As of this episode, you are now the most covered musician on this podcast, uh, just by pure nature of all the bands you've played in. But then also next week, we have another band that you've been in, or that you are in, uh, Early Risers, oh, yes. on the podcast next week. Awesome. So, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. You, we have to give you some kind of award for that, because uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what that means, but like, yeah, you, you've been on more records than anybody else that we've covered, so that's... Well, that rules. I like... Uh, some kind of achievement. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take it. it I wish I paid more attention me. to all the records I was on. <laughs> I got to sit down and write a list at some point, because it's... it's cause cause like, do, you, do you even know? No, well, I yeah. mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I do, but then like... In two weeks, I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that record. (laughs) (laughs) I played bass on that record. Fuck. (laughs) Do you even, like, keep track of, like, a number of, like, how many projects that you've been in? I feel like that's got to be a question that you get asked. So Uh, forgive me if it's one that you're sick of. But (laughs) At one point, I, uh, like... I feel like it was like 10 or 10 or 11 years ago or something. Something was going around on Facebook. List all the bands you've played with or something. I think I mean, that. Meaning like bands that you got to share a bill with. And I just listed, or it was like 50 bands you got to share a bill with. And I listed 50 bands I was actually in. 
as part of it. <laughs> and I, so that was like a good exercise. And then I got up to like 53 and that was 10 years ago. So Jesus, that's amazing. <laughs> there's probably a few more added to the list uh, from then, but I do have to sit down and really figure it all out. Cause it does kind of drive me nuts that I don't take better notes and <laughs> And keep better archives. So that, that makes me t- think of two things. Is uh, the first one is to, to just to come up with the list of bands you've been in is hard enough. But between all those bands, to come up with every band that you've like shared a stage with, oh, yes. like I feel like you could just check yes, and <laughs> yeah. be done. Like I mean, pro- pro- probably we're at know? the point where yeah, I I've I've been on pretty much any dream bill you know like (laughs) whether it be a festival or just getting to play a show it's you know i'll I'll never forget like when refuse first got back together i was going to be on tour when they were coming through and i was and that's like that's just a band that i've been dying to see Mm -hmm. i miss them when they were around i was dying to see them for you know years and the i was i was going to be in europe and the Gros Rock lineup came out, and Refuse was playing that. So I was like, "Oh, dodge that bullet! I can, I'll, I'll, I will see them. I will see them at Gros Rock, <laughs> even though I'm not going to get to see them in New York." Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been cool. I get I've gotten to play a whole shitload of really cool shows. That's that's amazing. I feel like a, a really cool merch item for you would be, and, and this would definitely be an exercise in in. <laughs> figuring out every band you've been in but just to, to make like one of those posters that's connecting the dots of like every oh. band you've been in and like the people they've been in just see how wide the network goes like, like a family tree. i don't know if they can make po- yeah, yeah i don't know if they can make posters that big <laughs> um, but <laughs> like yeah. it might have to be a billboard i don't know but uh, it would be, I feel interesting. Like that'd be kind of a cool thing i would love yeah. to look at that just because i'm sure there's just stuff i didn't even pick up on at the time i'm sure there's like bands i played with that ended up being huge and i played a basement show with them like 10 years ago and just don't even remember that I did. You know, there's like probably shit yeah. like that too. Absolutely. That would be it's interesting. Like the the perfect uh, Venn diagram of a uh, data analyst and a music nerd's dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes. right, how do I visualize yes. the entire music scene? Well, let's start with Mikey Eric's career. <laughs> yeah. Like, like let's put, put him in the center and we'll just work our way out from there. That's probably the easiest way to do it. So you you just released this record uh, last month, correct? Mm-hmm. I noticed that the album artwork looks very familiar. Yes, uh, it's uh, I mean, kind of uh, calls. I, everybody's telling me that it, they they recognize it from somewhere. I just don't understand. <laughs> so, well, I think I might be able to help you because I think I figured it out. Um, it reminds me of the Clash's self titled record. I don't know if ah, you've yes. heard of the Clash, uh, the, but they're the Clash they're of Demon cool. Head. No, just the Clash, uh. just the Clash. They're, they're uh, not not a lot of people heard of them. They're this like, obscure like punk band from the seventies yeah. from from England. Uh, okay. it's, you know, I think yeah. they had one hit, something about uh, yeah. a Casbah or something, something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it was a weird song. Something about uh, cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that had to be an intentional decision to uh, kind of play homage to that uh, album. Yeah, cover. it was. It was. I mean, cause so. The story is I, I was I was in England and I was in Camden Market just walking around. Love it. And uh, you know, because normally I, I I normally I seek this kind of stuff out. Like I I'll peru I'll read every book I can about music and I'll find out like you know 
uh, this D- David Bowie took a piss on this building in 1968, <laughs> uh, and, and, then, and and it's still and then there. Do you have to go there and take a piss yeah, too. I, like, yeah, is that I got gonna... to go there and take a piss too, or take a picture of the <laughs> remaining piss if it's still there. You know, um, <laughs> but so normally I'm like up on this stuff, but. I was at the the Doc Martens store in uh, Camden Market in London, and uh, it they had like a you know a bunch of punk rock kind of memorabilia and stuff. I've, like some Sex Pistols like set lists and flyers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole um, whole Clash like wall of sh- of stuff. And and one of the descriptions was like, and if you walk out that door and look to your left, that's where this photo was taken, and it's the photo on the first album. And sure enough, you walk out that door and look to your left, and there, there is the, <laughs> there's the staircase, which I guess I, is, is now a staircase, was then like just a ramp, but it's, it, it's unmistakable. It's unmistakably that spot. So, that's awesome. of course, I had to take the picture, of course. <laughs> uh, and then just as a, you know, I posted it, of course, posted it on Instagram immediately. And uh, my friend Jay Insult, who did the art for the record, he just as a joke took it and mocked it up really quickly and then sent it back to me. And uh, I was like, I, I got to use that for something at some point. I'll find At some point, I'll find the right. I was just going to use it for like a T-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. But... Uh, and never that never happened. So then, when I made this record, I was kind of like, I had the idea to call it, to just make it a self-titled record, and and you know, having recorded it already, I was just like, oh, this is kind of more of a punk rock record than I've made in the last, you know, probably the first true, I don't know, punk rock record that I made as a solo artist. I guess, <laughs> even though I think they're all <laughs> punk rock records. Um, I mean, what's, what is punk rock anyway? Exactly. Like, uh, but yeah, so I just was like, I, that, that, I think that's the perfect cover. Cause it's not, it's obviously, I'm not like making this grand statement of this is like a, you know, I don't know. Like, I, you know, it's obviously I'm putting a parody cover on the cover. There's two cover songs on the record. It's like just supposed to be kind of a fun, kind of homage to to my past music that I've made and like growing up in the 90s and and then being uh into punk rock of uh, from uh, you know the 70s to you know it's all supposed to like kind of tie in together somehow but not take itself too seriously I guess that's that's extremely cool and I, I have to admit I didn't realize that the picture was the same location yeah as as the the picture on the record but that's that makes it even cooler I thought it was really just the style like the style of it was yeah, yeah. it's it's but like that, that's, the that's same super cool the same spot and Jay who did the cover he's he's a gigantic clash fan he's like the biggest clash fan I know like when he actually sat down to do the cover he he like measured everything out exactly how it's cropped and like i think he found the actual like pantone colors of of the original and it's amazing matched it exactly like he 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 didn't fuck around so it's it's a very faithful reproduction it's a true faithful yeah i can't wait actually i'm i should be getting the actual vinyl in the next few days i can't wait to actually see it on an album cover nice in addition to all of the uh, the music history and of course just like the the London history there, uh, I think my my second favorite thing about that uh, Doc Martin store was uh, something I wish I'd thought of. They made a bunch of furniture out of old road cases. Yes, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so, it's so, it was, this it, would be so rad. great in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a, a, I, I played a show with uh, this band Ringers and their guitar player walked in and he had a, a road case from that old uh, 70s and 80s band, the DBs, which was one okay. of my favorite bands. And uh, I was like, where'd you get that? He was like, I, someone gave it to him. He found it. He found it somewhere, and I like freaked out about it so much that he just gave it to me. So I was, That's so cool. I was nice. using that as a table at some point, but then that <laughs> I lost that a couple moves ago. But no. uh, but yeah, I do uh, old road cases as furniture is is a very cool thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've seen people take old like floor toms and use them as as end tables and stuff like that. It's yeah. Oh, that's super cool. It's cool. Too. That actually is really clever. Yeah, Ooh, or like a. A floor tom is like a flower pot would be yeah, kind of interesting. I've too. seen that too. I've seen that too. Ah, damn it! There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no more original ideas anymore. <laughs> no. As we'll find out uh, once we go through these songs, you'll I'll tell you what I ripped off of. What's well, okay? So going back Love to that, um, uh, the first thing that struck me on "Can't Be Too Careless" is I got a real uh, Husker Du vibe from it. Yes, was that intentional? That is one hundred percent intentional. Like. To the point where yes. even I, uh, like, I, my my idea was Husker Du, uh, and, like, generally, like, m- mid-80s um, indie rock, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, uh, you know, Big Dipper and Big Drill Car and, you know, that kind of, like, 80s mid-tempo punk type thing was like the vibe I was going for with the with that song and Stefan Edgerton mixed the record from The Descendants and all and oh, that's so cool yeah and I was just I, like it was just a dream of mine to get him to do something for with me for for a while and so this just seemed like the perfect opportunity and I definitely actually I told him to go even further I was like just think Husker Du think Flip Your Wig think the big drill car records that you <laughs> you guys played with them at that time and all that, you know, I was just kind of giving him all these reference yeah. points and I actually was kind of egging him on to go even crazy, like go crazy with like gated reverb on the drums, like make it sound like an, a, a, like that horrific eighties production that's on those, like <laughs> those Husker yeah. Du records are incredible, but they sound horrible. And like, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wanted it to be just like full on that. And I got the mix back and it wasn't, that and I didn't really want to bother him too much and now I'm actually glad that I didn't like go too crazy with that but I he definitely he was like I I made the guitars the loudest thing on that song on only that song in homage to Husker Du because like it's just like in your face guitar and then everything else is kind of an afterthought and I was like yes that's that's exactly the vibe I'm going for just make it sound like a Husker Du record yeah that was kind of my my other like uh thing that i noticed uh was just like the the vocals were like quieter than the guitars yeah um which is a very very weird thing for like modern music production totally and i i didn't really make the connection of like like i i, the, I got the who's through vibe from it but i didn't really make the connection like the mix was also yeah like influencing <laughs> that so that's that's really cool yeah this to, whole uh, record is definitely that. full of that kind of stuff too where like there's a whole bunch of references uh, across the record that no one's ever going to get them because it's all in my head but <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll be able to to bring a few of them to light yeah, here oh, in yeah. this podcast. Uh, you mentioned there's two covers on the record. I only clocked one of them. Uh, don't spoil it for me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, is the other cover in the list of songs you gave us? I don't 
think so. No, I don't think so. I think I only put the one in. Oh, okay. Then you have to tell me what it is then. Uh, spin the black circle. No, that is in okay. the list. Is that in the list? So is, That's in the list. Is the Green Day cover not? I thought I put the Green Day cover in the list. Green Day cover's in the list too. Oh, I put them both in. It, there you go. Yeah, so cool. Spin the Black well, why Circle. Don't we, yeah, why don't we talk about uh, Spin the Black Circle? All right. Love Pearl Jam. They're uh, one of my favorite bands. It's especially those first three records are just super, super fucking important records to me. And I don't know why, but it just the thought popped into my head like around the time we were doing the record, around the time I was writing this record, I was running one day and it just popped into my head Spin the Black Circles, a punk song. You gotta <laughs> record it, and it's gonna be track two. Uh, I don't know. So I don't know why, but that's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> so that was just, uh, yeah. That was like I went to the studio, and I was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna record this Pearl Jam song." <laughs> this one stuck out to me because it was kind of uh, odd in 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 like it felt like it didn't really fit in with the rest of the songs. Yeah, uh, and I was really curious to ask about it and, and what this song was and what it meant. And now that I'm learning, it's a cover. 
I also never would have guessed it was a Pearl Jam song. Yeah. Um, that you're just blowing my mind <laughs> right here. Yeah, they, they like, it's on the album Vitology, and I feel like at that point, that was their, like, kind of, we're disillusioned with, like, we... We're, we have these ideals, but now we're like literally the biggest rock band on the planet and we don't really know how to deal with it. And if you listen to Vitology, it's, it's a fucking weird record. It's like, mm -hmm. it's got like, it's got songs like that, which I mean, that is just like, it's essentially a, it's kind of a straight ahead, like mid-tempo punk song. Like, and like, yeah. like I'm screaming on it and Eddie Vedder's, I'm, I'm trying to emulate I'm trying to get to Eddie Vedder's level of screaming that he's doing on the original <laughs> version. Like it's it's an insane record, and then it and then it's got like these like kind of noisy like towards the end it just gets too super weird and noisy, and and then there's a couple there's like a couple ballads on it. It's like such an odd record, which is another thing that I was kind of influenced by with this record that I, I wanted it to be. It's essentially mo more of a punk rock record than I've ever done in the solo career in quotes but it's also kind of all over the place and really i've the, one of the reasons i self-titled it is because i was like well this is this is me i'm all over the place and i'll i want to do a ballad and i want to do a noise rock song and i want to do a uh, you know uh a, a who's could do type song or whatever you know and i want to cover a pearl jam song and i want to cover a green day song like this is like the epitome of me on this record <laughs> So that was like kind of the point of that. The song did feel vaguely familiar to me and I couldn't place why. And like Vitology was actually the only Pearl Jam record that I ever really listened to. And even that, yeah. not that much. Uh, I, I wasn't super into them, but like I liked some of the jams on Vitology. So like I'm fairly certain that it just kind of like stuck in the back of my head as something I would never remember on my own. But hearing this song, I was like, why do I yeah. know this? Like, it's, it's funny. It's a brand new record. Why do I is, know this? <laughs> it is essentially, I guess it's a Pearl Jam. It's kind of a deep, it wasn't like one of their hits, but it was the first single off that record. I mean, like it's, I, I hesitate to call it a deep cut, but I guess it kind of is a deep cut. Uh, and uh, probably people, people aren't just bringing up spin the black circle every day. So, um, but you know, the, the, the subject matter really, you know, it's just about f f putting a record on and rocking out. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it fits. <laughs> Oh, that's what the black circle is. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. I was I, I spent all day today trying to like, what is the black circle? Why yeah. are you spinning it? Spin what, the black what, is, circle. what is happening? Yeah, now now okay. That's see this, pretty obvious. See when you this think needle, about it. see this needle is a reference to rec records and not anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious when you think about it. I feel kind of dumb. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. That's why we do these podcasts to explain that's, explain. I know. That's, I mean, that's really why I started this podcast is to bring on my favorite musicians. Like, hey, explain yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tell me, tell me what this means. I need to know. I love it's keeping me up at night. Yeah, I mean, I love that shit. That's my favorite stuff. Is what were you? What were you? Yeah, you know, I, I, that's why I read every book that I can and listen to every interview I can. Just I want to know more about the more about the music, more about the records. Let's learn more about this record. Yeah. The next track on it is uh, Ruben Hall. Yes, that is. It's a, a an NYU dorm, and I was just walking past it one day, and just wrote a song about it. <laughs> like, so this isn't even somewhere you, you lived or went no, or, or no. I visited there a couple. I had friends that went to NYU and stuff, but so I I hung out there back in my my early twenties a bunch. Um, so it's it, you know it's kind of t it takes place in that time, 
but I was walking past it like a few months ago and I was I just, and that chorus popped into my head and I wrote the song. These, th- this album is kind of a crazy album to, to try to pick apart because I really did, like all of the songs were written in a few minutes. Like <laughs> they all just kind of came to me and dropped out of the sky. That's such a foreign concept to me because it, it, it takes me like years to write a song. Yeah. And like the idea of like writing a song in a few minutes is just, I can't even fathom how that happens. It's, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that often. And I'm, I'm always trying to like, always trying to make it happen, but you just kind of have to wait for it to happen. And this, this whole record, it just happened in, a matter of hours <laughs> like the entire thing was written very very quickly which i can't explain or and don't really understand even um well but yeah that's amazing i mean <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind is. of insane i'm I'm always curious because like for me you know i spend you know stuff i work on i spend so much time on it and, and change things and go back and redo things and so i wonder if, if it's uh when you do something this fast do you now listen to it and go, Oh, I wish I had done something different here. Or there's something I would have changed or no, or do you pretty much just like you write it. You're like, that's the song it's done. That's pretty much, or at least that, that was the, that was the idea with this one. It was just like, kind of, I didn't want to put any pressure on myself. Didn't want to like overthink anything. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of really don't know until you go in and record it. And then you're hearing it kind of, you're hearing it back. That's kind of always been my, personal litmus test of like whether this is gonna hold water is like if you hear it back and you're not just like completely embarrassed by it um <laughs> and i just yeah we were listening back to the, like the rough mixes i guess like right because we recorded it and we recorded it in a weekend essentially in like you know eight hours or something and then like i was listening to the the mixes like or the the rough mixes like the playback and i was like this is insane i can't believe this came out so good like <laughs> it was That's pretty incredible. it was very it was very easy and yeah so when, it's gratifying when you hear the when you hear the playback and you're not completely uh, embarrassed by it <laughs> maybe there's something to learn there but you know don't spend so much time on it and just kind of go with your first instinct yeah maybe that's the the way to to make it good i don't know i've done it both ways and i've overthought like i've overthought things and i i think that really if you if you just keep like redoing things over and over again and trying to make it perfect it just it you can i i think even if you're not told that a record was made like that you can kind of hear or or you can kind of hear the immediacy the immediacy in it i think i think that just shows if you if you're not being too precious about it and like i think that kind of makes it more enjoyable as a listen yeah, or at least in my personal experience, I mean, like the same, like, you know, when the Ergs were doing Dork Rock Cork Rod, we weren't thinking we were going to make this album that was going to be, you know, a thing that people were was still listening to eighteen years later. You know, like we just had some songs and we just decided we had enough songs to make an album and we made an album. You know, it wasn't even it wasn't really even thought about, and I think that's. I, I I honestly do think that that's why it's something that people enjoy listening to. Like you can hear that on the record subconsciously or something. 
And right it, on, yeah, well. in my experience, that seems to be like the most successful things are the ones that a the songs that came easy like like this, or or the ones that you didn't spend a year and a half trying to figure out how to do. Or tr yeah, I don't know, or like re-record a few times on a few different records. It's like, like I've tried that a couple times. Like that, that never seems to like. It's always the first. It's always the demo that's the better than the, <laughs> the album yeah. version that you that you worked so hard on. You know, it's I don't know. It's there's something. It's almost like you just kind of capture a moment in time, and that's there it is. Yeah, and that's know? and that's what I think an album should be. It's just like, this is what I was thinking, at on this day at this time. And, you know, in two years, or in a year, in six months, in two years, I'll make another album that is that, that time, you know? Yeah. That's, that's interesting to think about. So, like, each of these, each of these songs you really think about is just like a quick Polaroid of, like, a moment in your life. Yeah. That, uh, you know, to come together just is the last, like, however many years since your last record. Like, this is just... <clears throat> A collection of moments. This is the Instagram feed yeah, of uh, exactly yeah, of my life in in song form. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's just it, it was just in, you know instantaneous. Put it out there, and then move on to the next experience or whatever. Well, let's go ahead and hear uh, Ruben Hall off of the self titled Mikey Erg album. We'll take a break here from our sponsors, and when we come back. We'll uh, keep talking to Mikey about more songs from the record. So stay tuned. <laughs> stuck at home left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Join host Sarah Sweeney on the podcast Latchkey Kids. Each week, Sarah will talk to her fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and just because she can, make them do a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. Find Latchkey Kids wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever know that kid who's an insufferable know-it-all? Well, good news! Now he has a podcast! Join Michael Fight on Fight Knows About Everything every Monday and Wednesday with a new trending internet topic as he breaks it down to shed light on the absurdity, then on Fridays for a weekly recap of all the nonsense in the news. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the Night Shift Radio YouTube channel.
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unremovable. Hello, still here. Yeah, and also still here is Mikey Erg talking about his new record uh, of the same name. Yes, Mikey Erg. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, <laughs> that name a, again? <laughs> What's, what is that name? <laughs> Mikey Erg, of course, uh, from the Ergs and uh, just about every other band ever. <laughs> I actually am realizing now that we do have a shelf in the kitchen that's just my amp in a road case because there's nowhere else to put it here so it actually and i, I have I obviously haven't been using it in a year so it's yeah like, okay that's a table now <laughs> oh, so the the last show that you played before the pandemic uh the these the only show on the uh yes. brian fallon tour that happened um which was I a year ago two days ago two days ago yeah i uh i know that because that was my last chance to see live music for over a year now. Yeah. And I blew it. I, I yeah. remember my, my friend and I had tickets and we were like, Oh, I don't know. This COVID thing sounds kind of serious. Maybe we'll like, maybe we'll give it a couple weeks, let that blow over and we'll catch the tour when it comes back through New York. Yeah. Right. Like that right. was our plan. Well, that's fair. And I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what we like, all thought. That's what most like, people should have thought. Had I known that was gonna be my last chance to see live music for over a year. I would have fucking gone. Of course, like, and yeah. Well, and, uh, and now yeah, we're I mean, now know. we're all thinking about the shows that we didn't like. You know, t- the show three years ago that we were too tired to go to or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Now it's like I'd do anything to <laughs> to go to that. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's real. Like as as someone who uh, it, you know, I I miss a lot of shows because like you know I buy tickets in advance and the day comes around and I'm just like man I don't feel good I'm tired yep. like I'm you know, my anxiety is through the roof. I, I can't really go stand around in a room full of people. Like I'm just, I'm, I'll get the, I'll, I'll go to the next one. I don't know how often that's going to happen anymore because Me now it's yeah. like, I'm going to look at them different. Like I, I may never get a chance to see this band again, or I, you know, I may, you know, shows might stop again for, for a year for all I know. Like it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a very different experience, yep. uh, post pandemic, I think. And I yep. think, uh, maybe for the better for me, um, cause maybe I'll, I'll, I won't take shows for granted as 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 much as I used yeah, to. So. You certainly won't forget this time of like, wow, remember that where we literally had zero to do for a, for a year. I think this is the longest I've ever gone without seeing live music since the first time I saw live yeah, music there, when I was. There's like no question. Twelve. No question for me. So that's that's why. Anyway, we didn't come back from the break. Yeah. So <laughs> we're back. <laughs> uh, that was a great so, song we just heard. Um, yeah, there we go. That, Thank you. <laughs> that was Rumble Strip, I believe. I, I'm, it's been so long, I can't remember what that song sounds like. Really? <laughs> no, Do you want to take a moment and listen to it? No. <laughs> oh, you're fucking with me. I'm okay. Refer- right. Reference to the fact that we didn't actually listen to the song. You can cut this all out. Oh. I, I probably won't. I just actually wanted to make sure that <laughs> it was Rumble Strip that I should be talking about right now. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is Rumble Strip. Yes. Rumble Strip. That is a song that popped into my head uh it's about it's just simply about the frustrations of like if you're on whenever you're if you're if you're on tour and you're on tour for like you know 10 weeks or something and just tour just starts getting annoying (laughs) or whatever and uh that's just kind of a simple fun little song about being uh being on the road for a little too long <laughs> and uh and not kind of wanting to go home 
something none of us can relate to right yeah, now. Right. No. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. It's been a while, but I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably never feel that again. Or five seconds after the first tour, I'll 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 feel it again. You know, the old habits yeah. die hard. I can't explain why, but try. <laughs> I'll I'll try. <laughs> Uh, but for me, this song just felt very New Jersey to me, hmm. and I don't know why. It's just like, as soon as it started uh, playing, I just like, got a vibe of like, I'm driving through New Jersey right now. I love that. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what I was, like I said, I mean, the same, same thing where this is just literally like that. I sat down to write this song and I hit the first chord and that do 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 that just popped into my head. I don't know why it just popped into my head. I don't even play. I can't. I I had Chris Pierce, the drummer of the of uh, on the record, had to play the guitar part because I don't play <laughs> lead guitar. I I could not. I couldn't even work it. Or I you know I can I know where the notes are. I could have played it, but it would have taken me a thousand takes to to get it right. So and he just did it in three seconds. I just sang it to him and he did it. Um, yes, nice. that just popped out, and then the the words just popped out. It's it's it, it's pretty insane, <laughs> and that uh, and immediately it was like that when we were listening to the playbacks. We we're like, I guess this is if there's a single off this record, this is the one. <laughs> so this is going to be when you can finally play it live if you ever do. Like yeah. this would be the big sing along. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We did. We did it. Uh, we did like a little fake kind of record release live stream thing, where we just played the al- essentially the album in in order on a on a, a live stream, which you can watch on YouTube if you so desire. But uh, yeah, it just fe- it felt good. It's so good to play these songs, and we were just like, oh, that that's gonna be that's gonna kill when we can play in front of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's such a catchy little hook too. Like it's. Like just you, just you singing it just now. Like now, it's in my head again. Yeah, I, I seriously don't know where it came from. It's really weird. Like I, I, I can't wait until like three years from now when I figure out what I actually ripped it off from. <laughs> <laughs> so I, can, I can't have come up with it. I mean, there's no way. That is that is one of my favorite things about like writing songs and and you know, especially like writing parts for songs is like, you know, years from now you you, oh yeah, that's where I ripped that off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. That's where that's from. Yeah, I do that all the time. It does, yeah. <laughs> uh, it does happen more often than not. Yeah. Or like, it's, it's, the weirdest thing is sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll like purposely be ripping something off and then someone will come back to me and say, uh, oh, that's a cool, like, that's a cool Elvis Costello vibe you got on that song. And I was like, oh, I was thinking, I was thinking it was more the Beatles, but oh shit, okay, I guess it could, could be Elvis <laughs> yeah. Costello. It's like... I'm sure it's all in there jumbled up in my brain and I, I'm just stealing it all and spitting it back out uh, without knowing what it is. <laughs> That's how I yeah, feel. I mean, I mean, there's only 12 notes, right? Yeah, exa- like how Exactly. <laughs> rock and, you know, rock, only... rock and roll has been a thing since 1955. So it's like, yeah, there's only so much, how much you can more do rock and roll notes. can you do? You know? Yeah. Eventually things are going to start to recycle, but I mean, I think that's okay. Cause you know, the idea is you put a new twist on it, you bring a new fresh perspective and, uh, yeah, you, you know, just, whatever it's, I just consciously try to like, okay, let me just not say the exact same thing that's been said before a million times. Let me <laughs> yeah. change one word and, uh, there you go. spit it back out there. 
Change one word, change one note. Now it's a whole new song. There yeah, you go. exactly. <laughs> so another song on the record I, I wanted to talk about uh, that you also want to talk about because you put in your list was uh, <laughs> Denny songs. How convenient. Yes. Denny Songs is a, a love letter to the band Sicko, which is one of the um, one of the earlier pop punk bands I got into. Uh, they're a Seattle pop punk band uh, from the late '90s. They made four perfect record mid mid to late '90s. They made four perfect records. They're all they're all like 20, 20 to twenty five minutes long. Like just great pop punk. Two two singers. And this song is just a, a you know, basically like basically about finally getting to go see them. They played, they played a show in Seattle three years ago. Uh, at this, they st- uh, the the bass player Ian started the Seattle Pop Punk Festival thing. Nice uh, oh, cool. that we got to, that Ergs got to play in January right before things shut down. Um, and yeah, they they the that was the third year we uh, I went out the first year that they did this Seattle pop punk festival cause Sicko was p- playing and they had done a couple reunions throughout like me, the two thousands all in Seattle. I'd never got out to any of them. So I was just so excited to finally be able to see this band. And, uh, so the song is just essentially about being overjoyed, getting to see Sicko and the references I was speaking to before, uh, earlier in this interview where like I purposely sonically made this song sound like the early sicko demo tape where it's nice. kind of like the guitar is panned like left and the bass is panned right and the vocals are up front and the, and the, and the drums are in front and it's kind of just like sonically supposed to sound like an early sicko song as well as be about sicko it's the whole the whole thing is a gigantic sicko reference essentially that's awesome and that's that. just this like total nerdy music thing that you probably wouldn't get even if you were the hugest sicko fan because <laughs> who's thinking about how they pan their records on their early demo tapes like i mean you but obviously I am, yeah so. <laughs> 
It's you know, it's that attention to detail that we appreciate here. That's yeah, true. that's you know, got to pay attention to something really. You got you, you gotta <laughs> that uh, that actually brings me uh, to an interesting question. You obviously have a just huge passion for music, not only. Uh, as a musician, obviously, but also as a a listener and even just a knower about things, uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the in the podcast of just reading uh, so many books about yeah. just you know where David Bowie took a piss on a building, <laughs> um, and so I, I I wonder, would you consider yourself a music fan first or a musician first? Like, what's your like if you had to pick one? Like, what is what are you? Well, I mean. I guess, I guess a fan first, because I am a just a you know gigantic fan of music, and I was a, I was a music fan before I knew how to play anything or knew how to express myself. Sure. But it was like it was also inevitable that I would have figured out how to be a musician myself, because I I even from like from the earliest age, like as far as I can remember. And even before I can remember, like my parents tell me that it, it was just, you were a music fan. All you cared about was music from the second you were born. So it's like, there's no way I was not going to be doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no way. <laughs> uh, but I guess I'm a music fan first. And even now, like, I, I don't know, I, I probably... Even though I play in, I mean, that, that's the reason I play in so many bands or, or played in so many bands my entire, the, the entire time I've been doing it is because I, I, I never wanted to not be playing it or listening yeah. to it or figuring it out or reading about it or watching a movie about it or, you know, like it's, I just always wanted it in my life. So I suppose in that respect, I'm a fan first but like right under that is, is a musician. <laughs> oh, sure, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's no, that's that's cool because that's kind of the the impression um, that that I'm getting is, you know, I, th I think there's there's some people that get into music because, you know, they they're like, oh, I want to create my art and I want to, you know, like they're a little pretentious about it maybe. Right. Or I think some people get into it because they're like, I want to be famous and I want people to love me and and whatever. But like for you, it seems like you just have such a deep love for music yeah. that like you, you know, you're gonna make this music because you love doing it, whether anyone's listening or not. Yeah, and I think that's just a really cool like mindset and approach to to take. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it. almost in my opinion, I I have no other choice. You know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I have to do this. Like this is just what I need to do. Um, you know, it's it's always great if you know that people are listening to it or, and then you get the, you get the cool experiences of playing, like playing a show is, is like the greatest feeling in the world. I don't know. It's like, there, there are a lot of, uh, there, there's a, yeah, it's, it's cool to, to, to be able to do it. But like, I kind of almost feel like I have no choice because it's just my favorite thing to do and I have to do it. Yeah, and, and I mean, what else would you do? Exactly. Yeah, I, I certainly don't like. At at this point, I've been doing it so long that I don't even know how to. I literally don't know how to do anything else. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's hope it hope it hope it works out. Hope it well, continues. Hope, so hope it continues to work out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, 
it's it's just like yeah i've just been i've just been in love with it for so long and it's just it's the best it's such a it's such a cool thing yeah music it's beautiful <laughs> that's, that's our new that's tagline quote right there that's yeah. it music it's beautiful <laughs> music it's beautiful hashtag mike yerg <laughs> <laughs> yes i'll take it i, I mean I mean, I think that sums it up, though, right? Like, that's just... It is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I, you know, you can watch a movie and, and get emotional from it, but I, I, I get so... I know there are people that... I, like, I'll, I'll cry at a record before I cry at a movie. Like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, I get so emotional. It brings out so, emo so many emotions, and it's just, you know, I don't know. It's, there's nothing like it. I feel like music is, is the one thing that just is kind of no matter who you are and whether you're like obsessed with it or just kind of need it in the background, music is just in your life. Yeah. No matter mm -hmm. who you are. That's well. And even like when you think about it, like, you know, there are other art forms, TV shows, movies, right? Those rely on music as well to help set, like yeah. set the mood. Yeah. And I convey mean, emotion. Like it's, it's really at the core of like everything in our, our, our existence. Yeah. It's crazy. If you watch like a, I don't know, like sometimes, if you if you get a a, a Blu-ray of a movie or something, it'll give you like the first cut of the like an early cut of the movie without the music yeah. or something like that. And it's just like and it's, so it's completely weird. different. It's crazy. It's crazy how much that that makes a huge difference because you don't because you're not really even noticing it. Like, oh, that's a beautiful orchestra swell at this like kiss scene. Yeah. Like you're not really consciously thinking of that. But if it wasn't there, it'd be like, well, this is just two people kissing. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, and now that I think about it, it's like, why is, especially like orchestral music, like in, in a movie, like, why is that such a standard thing? Because like that, we don't experience life like that, right? Like you right. don't, yeah. you know, I you don't have your first kiss and an orchestra just starts playing behind <laughs> you. Like, you know, that'd be super cool if it happened, <laughs> yeah, it would be. but, but like it's, but you're right. Like you don't even really take notice of it consciously. Like it's just, it's almost like it just, it's supposed to be there. And so you don't really notice it, but when it's not, it's weird. And I, I wonder how that, like, I just, I, 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 I'm sure there's someone out there that's like actually studied this and like written the nerdiest fucking paper ever <laughs> on like why, why that like works and, and why it's, it, you know, well, yeah, uh, I think that's it, part of the point though. Cause like if, if you just like have a scene that's like two people talking and there's no background music or like there's you know a, an intimate moment between two people they kiss or whatever there's no background music like that's just that's life that's reality like we see we live yeah. we witness that daily but when you put the the music to the score or the like carefully curated soundtrack or whatever it uh helps like enhance the illusion but also like reinforce uh, exactly what we talked about, that emotional connection to like bring that out to say like, this is more than just real life. This is like, this is what could be. Yeah. Uh, and so like, it, it, I think it draws you into the story more than just seeing it uh, you know, just happen in real time to silence. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's something I've, that is something that I've, I've thought about like pursuing at some point if I, uh, ever wasn't making music is like I the the idea like uh, a music supervisor or something for a television show like trying my hand at that would be pretty cool like just watching I can see you doing that watching something <laughs> completely blank and seeing what what pops into my brain from listening to all this music for all my life like 
what song pops into my head at that moment Mm -hmm. and matching it to it. Like, it seems like a pretty fun thing to, to be able to do. It's like playing the game of like, you know, if your life was a movie, what would the soundtrack to your day be? And like, like, that's just your job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. So there are any music supervisors out there, uh, I'll intern. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, so I, I, I have come up with a segue from talking about soundtracks going into the, the last song I'm going to talk about, and it's going to be a little bit of a journey, so stay with me. Okay. But I promise it's, it's going to get us there. Uh, so speaking of movie soundtracks, the cool thing about movie soundtracks is sometimes the movie soundtrack can kick so much ass that, and the movie sucks so bad that like the soundtrack's the coolest thing about it. Can I, <laughs> can I really, okay. are you, are, are you going to talk about the Jerky Boys movie? I'm not okay, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can if you want to. No, I was I, I was wondering if that was where. Okay. So where I'm where going. I'm going with that is uh, Godzilla. I think that the uh-huh. 2000 Godzilla that <laughs> soundtrack was so good. <laughs> yes. First of all, but, but yes, that's how dare you? That movie is fantastic. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a pile of hot garbage. But that soundtrack <laughs> is that the Foo Fighters song on that soundtrack is like the best. Foo Fighters song in existence, and it's only on that soundtrack. Which one is that again? Uh, it's a a three twenty, I think. Oh right, right, um, right. Yeah, it's just and just like the the outro to it, and like, oh. is that the is that the soundtrack with "Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" on it as well? Oh jeez, the U two song. It? Uh, I think might it be. might be because that song that song rips. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, I think I I was reading an interview with Dave Grohl who uh he said like that that's the best song he's ever written was on that soundtrack and apparently apparently they don't have the rights to it like the fighters can't like use that song because it's like owned by whatever whatever production company right right you know made that movie that's now dissolved because that's how they do it they make a company for a movie and then the movie comes out and the company dissolves and it's like oh well everything's gone so that shit's scary too that that uh, i can't imagine not being able to use like because when you write a song, you're not thinking like I'm writing the best song we've ever written, and yeah. it just ends up happening. But now it's on a soundtrack that you're not, you're never allowed to put it on any of your compilations. You're never allowed to like. Oh, that's so scary and weird to me. Yeah. That whole aspect of things <laughs> confuses me and drives me nuts. It's, but, it's bizarre. But anyway, also on that soundtrack, of course, was uh, Green Day's "Brain Stew," and I kind of. This is the the one thing on the soundtrack I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it because I I think it's it's either the worst thing on the soundtrack <laughs> or it's the best thing on the soundtrack depending on how it happened <laughs> um, because I I feel like it could have gone one of two ways right it could have been like the you know some movie exec was like oh let's just get a Green Day song we'll put Godzilla noises in it uh, or like and that would that would be shitty right yeah. But what I, what I, in my head can, what I choose to believe happened is that they asked Green to do a song for the soundtrack and they're like, I don't know, just give him brains to and put some fucking Godzilla noises in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, just as like the ultimate troll. I would love, yeah, I would love to be in on the, uh, the meeting uh, to have, to have like the, the, the video of that pitch meeting of figuring yes. out what they were, how they were going to, why, yeah. how and why they were doing that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't even a re-recording. It was just the yeah. original uh, th- from the album, and then just Godzilla noises in between all the the like fucking the guitar hilarious. parts. 
fucking hilarious. <laughs> the reason I brought up the the uh, the Jerky Boy soundtrack is it's a kick-ass soundtrack to a not terribly great movie. Uh, as much as I love the Jerky Boys, but um, 2000 Light Years Away is on it. And, oh, okay. And I just remember this was back when, you know, there wasn't a big hype internet press machine. This was like in the mid-90s. And I remember sure, like yeah. just biding my time, waiting for school to be over so I could go to the record store and buy the Jerky Boys soundtrack the day it came out because there was going to be a new Green Day song on it from what I heard. And then I get to the get to the record store, pick up, pick it up, and it's two thousand light years away. It's a remix of it, but it's two it's the same it's two thousand light years away. And I was just like, oh, I already have this fucking song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed. That's all I cared what about was getting song, the though. new Green Day song. That's yeah, a great song. Uh, and I was glad that more people got to hear, hear it probably because of this uh, Jerky Boy soundtrack. But I remember being so upset that <laughs> like I waited all day to buy this soundtrack and it's just 2,000 light years away. <laughs> that is that is kind of a bummer. But uh, to sort of to button things up here, you did a cover of another Green Day song from that era on this record. Yes. Going to Pasolacqua. Is that how you say I that? I think so. I don't know. I've, 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 I don't... I've been saying it that way for my I don't think it's life. a real word. Yeah. So, I, you know. I actually, when I went and looked at, like, around when we were recording it, I, I was looking it up, I think just maybe even to figure out if that's how you say it or not, and just trying to figure out what the fuck it even is. And I think it's just, like, it's a town in, like, Northern California or something. Uh, that's what I assumed. It was just some, like, you know, <clears throat> random small town in yeah. in. I'm sure there, there's some uh, rabid Green Day fan that will will write in and tell us what it actually is. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that that rabid Green Day fan isn't you is kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, right I know. Because <laughs> I feel like if anyone should know, it should be you, right? Like, I probably should have. Yeah, probably should have figured that out before I covered the song. But um, it's funny. yeah, it's uh, that was just a happy kind of accident. We did this uh, in 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 February. We did this tour. Uh, that was uh, the Mikey Erg Band, the Slow Death, Loose Behavior, Loose Behavior, and Doc Hopper. These are four bands. Uh, f- six people in the van. We all played in every band, essentially. Uh, I say you're in all those I, bands. I, I was, so like I was in all four <laughs> of the bands, uh, and we just did this stupid, crazy, awesome tour that was just the the, the four bands. So I just played all night, every night, and it was fun. And the, you know, the the thing about that tour was that we were kind of keeping it as econo as possible. So the Doc Hopper and Mike Yerg band were the exact same three people. I I would just <laughs> I'd play drums in Doc Hopper, and Chris Pierce would play guitar in Doc Hopper, and then we'd switch, and I'd play drums in. I'm sorry, yeah, I'd play drums in Doc Hopper. Chris Pierce play guitar. I'd play guitar in Mike Yerg band. Chris Pierce played drums. Fid would be on bass both of those times. And um, it was the first time this lineup had ever done anything. So the day before we left for tour, we were like, we should probably have a fucking practice, I guess, and make sure we all know the songs because that'd be good if we could go on tour and know the songs. Yeah. Uh, so we just had a little goof-off practice thing, and I plugged the guitar in, hit an A chord, did that little hammer-on thing like you do when you hit the A chord and you've been listening to Green Day your entire life. 
And uh, <laughs> we just did the song because we all knew it. Yeah, everybody knows that song. If you're into, uh, you know, if you're a pop punk fan, you you know what that you know that song. Yeah. And then we played. We had so much fun. We played it again. Played it a couple more times. We're like, okay, that's in the set. We're doing that. We're doing that on this tour. So we just did that, and I wanted to get that on tape and and put it on the record. So, so there that's it is. How that came about. So, this is one of those times when I like I regret doing a, a little bit of Google searching. Uh, yeah. and I, mind you, this is the internet, so grain of salt. But someone has uh, Billy Joe Armstrong quoted as saying. Going to Pasolacqua is a song about farting into your girlfriend's mouth at a funeral home. Shit. I, I'm, <laughs> Literally. I, now I'm really glad I covered it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was into it before I knew what it meant, but now... I feel like I feel like that's got to be trolling, right? Like that can't possibly be what it's about. I, You know, honestly, I think it could possibly be what it's about. I mean, shit, you never Just, know. With, yeah, with Green Day, it's, you know. I mean, he was probably... You really do never he know. He was probably 17 when he wrote it, so... Yeah. I mean, that was like... That that's a good been, point. That would have been hilarious at 17. Yeah. Let's be honest. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to, like, go over the lyrics of the song and see if I can, like, figure that out. That's, yeah, that's, I'm going to... That's weird. I'm going to do a deep dive right after we're done with this and uh, figure that out. Well... Uh, I don't want to keep you from your deep <laughs> I mean, dive on these I, lyrics. I, I got some. I got some research to do, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> clearly, <figure> this clearly. <laughs> well, before we go, uh, obviously the record is uh, is out now. Uh, you said that you're you're waiting on the uh, to hold the LP in your hands. Is that uh, is that still purchasable anywhere? Uh, I don't believe it is actually. Oh, actually, I, I, so. It's it's gone from the uh, from the label, but uh, the distributor will still be getting copies, and we'll be sending it out. To, like, I, you can get it on like Amazon and like Best Buy online. I feel like there's like it's going to sh- start showing up on like online re- retailers, but uh, okay. not a ton of them because we kind of so we kind of sold them all. But so so in a uh, you know in a very like you know, nineties punk rock away. Like you kind of have to go hunt for it. You can't just, yeah. Like it's all, Perfect. all hope isn't lost yet, but it, yeah, you're going to have to hunt for it in a couple of weeks when the distributor gets it out there. And, uh, yeah. And then we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It, it might get a repress if people, if people want it or need it. Um, but yeah, the vinyl should be getting into anybody's hands that ordered it in the next few days. And, yeah, and you can check it out online. All that stuff. It's on all the all the streamers, all the things that the the kids listen to music on these days. <laughs> sure. It's uh on Deezer. It's on Deezer. Which is apparently uh, it's I don't know if it uh if you've ever used DistroKid to uh to release music. Um but like I I've used it a few times throughout the years and like every time I go and like release something on there the list of music stores I've never heard of gets yeah. longer and longer and longer. I'm just like, what are all these? I've never heard of these. It's funny that you say the, the, the day that I, the day that I posted the, the day the record came out, I posted a thing. I was like, it's on Spotify, Apple and Deezer and all that other stuff. <laughs> and like a couple people were like, what is, did, is, did you just make that up? And I was like, no, Deezer's a, Deezer's a thing. 
D's or mm-hmm. something. I just it's, thought it was it a funny word. It sounds like something you just make up, though. <laughs> yeah. So it's on all that stuff if you want to check it out. Sweet. Well, uh, where can we find you online if, uh, if, if people want to know more about you? Uh, I am at Mikey Erg on Twitter and Instagram and uh, MikeyErg.Bandcamp.com is the, you know, the Bandcamp that's got all the records on it, all the solo projects. And then, you know, just go, go see any band when shows come back. I'll probably be on tour with them or... or be playing in them Uh, because I'm certainly going to try to play as much music as possible to make up for lost time yeah so (laughs) yeah that's the way to do it awesome well uh, you of course can find our podcast on the Twitter and the Instagram at left of the dial PC the PC does stand for podcast allegedly Um, allegedly (laughs) legally we have to say that um, (laughs) because there was a whole like we got the whole thing with like Bill Gates and like the personal computer thing, and like so legally now we have to say it every week. It's, it's like a whole thing. I hope that's true. It's uh, and then there was this whole thing with like Ted Leo back oh, in the early God. days of the podcast where if he it's... was insisting it was personal computer, and so like <laughs> we had this like feud going with him. It was I don't even remember how it started, but it was just it was ongoing for months. If it's not one feud, it's another. That's yeah. That's, I mean, that's, this podcast we're is always, rife with controversy. We're always feuding with someone here on Left of the Dial. <laughs> Uh, and you can find out everyone we're feuding with by going to our website at leftofthedial.fm where you can listen to this episode, all of our past episodes, and uh, get show notes, links to everything we've talked about. Uh, hopefully Kayla's been keeping track of all of the uh, the uh, fun things to uh, put in the notes. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, you're supposed to do that? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking specifically we, wanna, we probably want to track down that... Uh, that live stream of uh, your band playing the whole record uh, that you said is on yeah. YouTube. That's yes. something we definitely want to put in the show notes because that sounds awesome. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Any any parting words of wisdom uh, for our listeners? Wear a mask and let's get out of this so we can Hell yeah. listen to music. <laughs> Hell yeah. Agreed. Yes. Well, I hope to see you on many a stage uh, very soon. Same as uh, as this pandemic uh, starts to uh, to fade away. Hopefully, yeah, it's look it's looking okay. So, I, th- I think I don't think we've turned the corner yet, but I think we can see the corner from yeah. here. And so I'm 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 staying hopeful. Same, same. Awesome. Well, Mikey, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and talking about your record. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much. This was fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have one of your other bands on. You know, yeah, maybe next I'll, week. Maybe I'll pop in on the early riser. Uh, please do. Yeah, <laughs> sure. we'd love to see you again. All right, this has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Coy. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Here we go again. Infatuation touches me just when I.